The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello. Today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking to Marcus Sheridan. In case you don't know already, Marcus is the author of the game-changing content marketing book, They Ask You Answer, and is the top man at Impact, which is the inbound sales and marketing agency. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff, like how do you know exactly what it is you should be saying in your emails going forward and a whole bunch of stuff from there. But listen, when this podcast comes to an end, we don't want you to feel like you're all alone and you've got loads of questions. So instead, come and hang out with us in our free Facebook group. You can share whatever it is that you are working on with email marketing and get stuck into all of the training and the cool resources that we've got as well. Just go to Facebook and search for The Email Marketing Show Community. Not the best name in the world, but it's logical. The Email Marketing Show Community or go to any web browser and just go to robandkennedy.group and it will forward you straight over there. He stopped eating scampi when he found out it's actually prawns. I'm talking about hypnotist Robert Temple. And he makes a mean bolognese. It's the mind reader, Kennedy. Kennedy. I think bolognese is the only thing I've ever cooked for you, Rob. Is that true? No, I had a Christmas dinner at your house once. Oh, you did? That's when you Me, got you dumped, wasn't it? You got dumped, that's what happened, wasn't it? I got dumped, yeah. At Christmas? marketing heroes we're here every single week helping course creators coaches and membership site owners to give you everything you need to be the email marketing hero of your own business using psychology driven email marketing so rob this week on the show we've got marcus sheridan very excited about this one been a fan of the book for a long time but before we bring him on one of these three things is true other two of them dirty rotten lies so did marcus used to work on a turkey farm? Did he once fake his own death? Or does he have a dedicated fridge that only has sauces and condiments in it? So I'm going to rule out the middle one because I think that would have hit the press somewhere. Like people who fake their death tend to like turn up in the media somewhere. So I'm going to, I'm going to rule that one out straight away. So we're down to a turkey farm. They're both food related though. And you like food, so you could have made them up. Uh, turkey farm or sauces and condiments. I'm going to guess that... He has a dedicated fridge for sauces and condiments. Why not? Marcus, which one's true? That, my friend, is absolutely true. I can't Rob, you're very it. impressive. Very, very impressive. You did. That's only that's honestly well. only like the second time in history I've got that right, by the way. <laughs> so so the story behind this though is I was taking up so much room in the fridge with, you know, mustard and ketchups and, you know, and here in the U S I mean, we're just crazy about just sauces in general and stuff like that. Right. And so eventually my wife's like, I'm getting you another refrigerator and I'm going to put all your stupid sauces in there. That's what we're going to do. Sure enough. Now I'm, I've got a fridge, just sauces. People think it's the craziest thing right there in my kitchen, but it's awesome. Okay. But the question is you are only allowed <laughs> 
to take one sauce with you for the rest of time. Which one sauce? Can you, I mean, what would it be? Hmm. This is such a, you know, you, that is uh man, that's like, you know, talking to a chef, like what's the one ingredient yeah, that yeah. you would want to take. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I, so here's the lame answer that I'm going to give. I'm probably going to have to say ketchup, not because it's the best sauce, but it's the one that you can apply to the most things. If you had to with mayonnaise being a second, of course I get very technical. I've got all types of mayonnaises, all these types of things. I've got all those things, but if I had to choose one ketchup, it would be ketchup. Can we just take a moment to realize we've just learned that the plural of mayonnaise is mayonnaise Cause I don't think we've ever, <laughs> we've ever thought about that mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, mayonnaise. Anyway, as fascinating as this is, let's get on to some uh, marketing stuff. Now, listen, one of the big objections we get all the time when we tell people to email their list more often is they say, but, heck, where do I find all the content from? Like, what am I supposed to say to these people? So what's your take on that? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that vexes the world of content creators. It's like, where do I get inspired to do that? And, and of course, the book, my book, They Ask You Answer, uh, which, you know, Kennedy, I know you've read a couple of times now and appreciate you doing that. It talks about this very thing. And I think oftentimes when we have a business, we sell a product, we sell a thing, we don't truly think like buyers like we should and therefore don't answer the questions and talk about the subjects that we could be addressing, right? And so my background story really quick is I actually own a swimming pool company as well. And it became the most trafficked swimming pool website in the world. Now, the reason why I did that is because we became obsessed about the way buyers think and the questions that they ask. And too often as business owners, we're not assessed with that very thing. And it's like, yeah, sure. I do that. But do we really? Now, here's the thing though, Rob. There's essentially five subjects that move the needle in every single industry more than it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter what industry it is. It doesn't matter service or product. There's five subjects that as buyers and consumers, we love to research before we spend our money. And this is where you can start with your inspiration. These five things. Number one, buyers are obsessed with how much does stuff cost? Okay. They just are. Mm. They just are. And so you have this choice. Somebody's like, how much should I talk about cost? Well, this is one of those things that we could talk for on hours, literally on cost alone. But the fact of the matter is, if you just think as a, as a, as a consumer, when you are on a website and you're looking for cost and price information and you cannot find it, what is the emotion you experience? Of course, it becomes frustration very quick. And so most companies don't know how to talk about cost and price the right way. And I'm not talking about just giving a number. Fundamentally, what cost and price comes down to of any product or service is teaching your viewer, your audience, whoever that person is in that moment, helping them understand what drives cost for that particular thing in that particular industry. What drives it up? What drives it down? Why are some companies expensive? Why are some companies cheap? So if you're a coach, as an example, right? How am I supposed to know why some coaches are $50 an hour, whereas others are $150 an hour or have completely different packages? What dictates that? What does it look like? I don't know. So help me understand. So cost is one. Number two, problems or negatives. When I say problems or negatives, I'm talking about 
How many times, if you're listening to this right now, how many times has somebody said to you, so somebody told me that, or I heard that, or is it true that, and usually if you complete those, there's some type of negative statement. Now, here's what's really interesting about buyers. We generally don't search negatives about a product until we're serious about buying it, right? So, generally speaking, the only time you've ever searched negative reviews of is when you wanted to buy that thing. Problems with is when you wanted to buy that thing. So, think about the times that somebody has asked you any question like that. You'll start to be flooded generally with ideas. Next one is comparisons. Comparisons. So, we say cost, we say problems, comparisons, the next one. We love to compare stuff. Think about how many times you've gone to Google alone and searched for a comparison or versus based search, right? The reason why we love to compare is we like to feel like we've done our due diligence. And so, if we don't have something to compare the thing we want with something else, then we might be wondering, am I truly getting a good value? We love to compare. You, as a business owner, if you're listening to this, many times somebody said to you, so if you were me, which would you choose? Sometimes, it's about the very products. Let's say you offer multiple products, multiple services. Sometimes they're asking you which one of these is right for me. So once again, comparisons, we love to search it. We love to ask it and it's fundamental to our buying. Number four is we're obsessed with reviews. We love to know what everybody's saying about that particular thing. And which by the way, companies should write reviews, believe it or not, about their own stuff, 100%. You say, why should I? You should because you can teach it and explain it, assuming you're doing it honestly, better than anybody else. And a great review is going to tell you who it's for and who it's not for. So don't forget that if you ever write reviews in the future. That's the key. That's what makes you the unbiased voice. And finally, number five, we freaking love to search for the best. The best such and such, right? So think about how many times you've gone online and searched for best, whatever you want to call it. Rarely do you search for the worst. You like to search for the best. And so this is how we do it. Cost, problems, comparisons, reviews, best. Those are called the big five. And if you start to brainstorm all the questions you've gotten over the years about that thing or things that you sell, you'll start to realize, my goodness, I got a lot of stuff that I could be talking a lot more about, certainly on my website, on my social copy, and absolutely on my email copy when I'm looking for that inspiration of that thing that's really going to just tweak somebody's interest. Start with the big five. That's the stuff that sells. What's really interesting about that is thinking about where they are in and how close they are to buy if, yep. you, if you're segmenting people based on, on where they are on that buyer journey, like how close they are, then you can change which of the big five you're going to be talking about. So they're only going to be asking about what are the negative reviews of things when they get at that point. So are, are there some things at that point in the sales funnel or the email um, campaign, I guess, which which you can address that thing saying, here's some of the negative stuff, like this is not for you and not for you and not for you. And that's really, really powerful. But I suppose it raises the question of how do we do this in a way, like how can you, how can you being the business owner, write an honest review that comes yeah. across as non-biased? Like that's tricky. So Kenny, this is so great. And this is, 
so the, the principle that I want to talk about now, and it's in the ask you answer is what we call disarmament or disarming, right? And what it comes from is if you think about um, an unpleasant situation, like a hostage situation. So let's say you've got a hostage situation. You're a negotiator. If you negotiate a hostage situation and you are face to face with the bad guy, we'll say the first thing the negotiator says before he or she starts to try to negotiate anything is just put your weapons down. So why is that? Where does that come from? Because if the weapon is up, sure, there's a lot of bad parts to that, but if the weapon's up, it means they're still guarded and not receptive to what you're about to say or the conversation you're about to have. And so if you can get them to put their weapons down immediately, then they are going to be dramatically more receptive. And the thing about the internet, it's all taught us to have this BS meter that quickly, within seconds, we can tell Kennedy if somebody's biased or not. So let me give an example of this, right? So let's say, um, let's say, oh, let's just stick with the coaching one. Cause I know a lot of your audience is a coach, right? Or, or has some type of coaching program. So let's say that I wanted to produce an article or a video, whatever that thing is, or an email, doesn't matter, it could, that, or a video that went in the email. But let's say the core question was, is a coach right for you? Okay. Is a coach right for you? Now, the problem is, number one, a lot of people would state the premise or the title of the thing with the why everyone should have a coach. <laughs> That's dumb. The reason why that is definitely not the way to go is because that denotes your extreme bias. So instead of that, think in terms of, do you really need a coach? Because if I went online, I would search, do I really need a business coach versus all the reasons why I should have a coach? That's not how we search. It's not how we think. Now, once you're actually saying the thing though, this is the tone that you would have. So let's pretend that I was doing a video and let's pretend that I was a coach, right? I was a coach for businesses, right? CEO specifically. So I might say something like this. You know, one of the questions I get all the time from CEOs is, so Marcus, do I really need a CEO coach? And the answer is no. At least not everybody needs a coach. In fact, there are some people that are just fine on their own. So that's what we're going to do in this video. We're going to dive into who needs a coach. What is the type of signal that you're probably getting as a CEO that tells you, yes, I need a coach. And what are the signals that you would be getting if you didn't need one? And by the end of this video, hopefully you'll have a great sense as to whether or not a coach is the right choice for you. So my question is this, Kennedy, and let's be frank. How many businesses talk to you like that online right now? Yeah, it's very few, isn't it? Very, very few. It's all, it's so biased. And, and do you know what's amazing is this is a 
brilliant email campaign for sending an email that goes to this bit of content to segment somebody out to see if, hey, let's find out if you even need a coach. I mean, to break through, because a lot of email is about attention, breaking through noise, about interrupting the pattern of all the same biased bullshit that's going on, which is like, well, just friggin' buy from me, friggin' buy from me, friggin' buy from me. And then, and this, and this really, really breaks through. And this idea, and I want to, like, I want to kind of go into another interesting, really interesting thing about about the book. Uh, one of the other elements of the book, which I really liked, which is totally related to this unbiased thing, which is assignment assignment selling. Right. <laughs> so, for a lot of coaches, we they often have, or if you have like a high end program or a mastermind or that kind of thing you have some kind of contact form on your website which says, hey, do you want to get on a sales call? Do you want to have a conversation with us? They fill in the, they fill in the form. They hit submit. The next thing they know, they're being sent, sent a calendar link or some kind of system which says, hey, let's get on a phone with some kind of salesperson or the coach. You do it a bit differently, and I was fascinated by right. this. I'd love to hear more. Yeah. So what I'm about to explain, and I'm glad you asked this, it is a game changer if you apply this to the way that you communicate and sell. And I've had many people that have different types of, to your point, masterminds, groups, where anytime, especially if you're, if you're, if you are concerned about the quality of the individual that you're going to be working with. Okay. Which is most of us, you want to integrate assignment selling. Now assignment selling originally comes from my experience, my swimming pool company, because what happened was we found that when a lead would read 30 or more pieces of our content that was on our website, 30 or more pieces of our content, pages, videos, et cetera, they would buy 80% of the time. If they didn't read those 30 pages, well, then the closing rates were roughly 25%. And so it dramatically affected closing rates. But not only that, there's this trickle-down set of benefits. For example, we found that our general conversations with the prospects were way, way more fruitful. So if you're listening to this right now, I want you to think to yourself, How often do I have conversations with potential customers of mine that are clearly either not qualified, not a good fit, not right, or just grossly uninformed and uneducated about that thing that I'm selling? In other words, they're so not even top of funnel. They're like, you know, 100 years from the funnel. They're not even close, right? (laughs) So how often do you have any of those conversations? And what can we do to eliminate those conversations? Well, what you do is in the process of your communications, especially your email, you want to give an assignment. And the assignment is going to be the signal that shows whether or not this person is truly interested and it's going to save significant time, right? So in other words, let's just go back to the same example because it's easy to use. Let's go back to the coaching example or a program that you sell, right? So if you want to, if somebody's interested in this high-end program that you sell, let's say it's a $5,000 program, and you know that oftentimes on those, people are going to ask you questions about it. The problem is you keep getting some of the same questions over and over again when you have those. Could you eliminate those? Yes, you could do it if you're doing it with assignment selling. So maybe you create a guide of sorts, video, whatever, some type of PDF that does a deep dive in. Here are the top 10 questions people have about this particular program, let's say. Okay. And then you let them know 
before our conversation, it's critical that you read this. Now, the reason for that, it's going to answer some of the following questions that I'm sure that you have right now. And it'll make our conversation together dramatically more productive. And the fact is, Kennedy, if you get on that call and they haven't done it, then you know right away they're not as invested right. as they should be, as they need to be, right? And everybody here has taken people on. Anybody that does any type of coaching or any type of programs has taken customers on and you're like, oh gosh, this is the one person that's driving me crazy, <gasps> right? So in that moment, you have to ask yourself, did I really disqualify like I should have? Should I have noticed this? And if you do assignment selling well, usually you can separate those that are truly your right fits from your wrong fits. And that is one of the great keys to business happiness. <laughs> I love I'm it. really cool. Out of interest, the questions that you put together in that PDF that you're going to give them or that video that you're going to give them in advance as their assignment, those are the questions you would normally have to tackle on the call and therefore on the call. eliminates those? Okay, great. Yeah. And the most basic ones, Rob. So, so it might not be the ones that are very specific to them because usually what we find, okay, and this is for any sales experience, it doesn't matter the industry. Generally, we find that 80% of the questions somebody that's in sales gets on the first call with someone are the same questions every time. 20% are novel or are specific to that individual or to their needs. So the idea is that we skip the 80%. They know I'm coming in. This way we spend all of our time on the 20%. In other words, Rob, and here's where it's powerful. You spend all your time on the call selling and not teaching. Right. Because you start to sell when you talk about their very specific needs. But too often, we're teaching generalities that, frankly, should have been known long before we invested our time into that conversation. I love this. It's really, really powerful to be able to get that out of the way in advance and have them come in with so much more understanding. Uh, it's great. It's really, really good. And just, just to bear in mind that this is like, this is rather than just leaping from that that inquiry through your website that comes straight into one of your email automations. You could even have this on a delayed automation going straight back to somebody saying, hey, before we, so some, look at that process because I like the thing very process driven. Somebody inquires through your website for your program, your mastermind, whatever the hell it is, and put a little time delay into your email marketing system, which comes back and says, hey, before we, and, and the, the way you frame it in the book's excellent. And, and you just mentioned it there as well, which is to make sure that you're going to like the way we work and that we're going to like the way you work and we can actually help your kind of business or you as an individual, make sure you read this. This is a really good guide and it's going to help you with all that stuff. Yeah. And, and, and to this, Kenny, when, if you're, so there's different ways that you give the assignment. Sometimes we give it over the phone. Sometimes we, we go over email, but depending on the level of the thing that you're selling or the group or whatever that thing is, you can be very particular in demanding with this. Right. So in other words, you could even say something to the effect of now, if you don't take the time to review this guide before our conversation, then I'm going to go ahead and postpone it, our conversation until you do. Wow. What that sends is a clear message of importance. It also demonstrates that you're an authority, that you're not desperate for the business. 
And we know how this works. Too often, emailers come across as grossly, grossly desperate. Mm. And it makes you less attractive to the marketplace when you appear as desperate. I love that. And I love the fact that it sort of, it all comes under the guise of I'm flexible because I'll just push our meeting back. That's okay. But also it, it's indirectly now saying, but you're not having that damn meeting until you read that bloody document. So <laughs> That's right. Get on with it. I'm serious about this yeah. I'm because I don't want you to make any mistakes, right? Yeah. And so that's that's how we explain it. It's all about them. Your time is going to be more valuable this way, all right? Mm-hmm. We are going to be more productive together this way if you do these things first, right? The key again is you want to explain why and you want to get the confirmation somehow. Now, If you're talking to them face-to-face, you want to literally say, will you take the time to do those things before our call on Friday, Kennedy, Mm. so that you are forced to say yes or no? See, that is what is the difference between average and professional. An average salesperson would say, so hopefully that sounds okay to you. Mm. A world-class salesperson says, will you take the time to do those things before our appointment on Friday? That's the difference. <laughs> I love it. So love cool. It. This is awesome. Let's move into our next feature, which is subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Every single week we hear a new subject line and we talk about a new subject line. I know you do a bit of outreach as well. Is there a subject line, Marcus, that has worked really particularly well or that you use often when yes. you're sending emails? Yes. Yes. Now you can do this to an individual list, but I most strongly recommend it individually when you're sending out your emails, right? By the way, that was the coolest subject line of the week soundbite I've ever heard. I just thought it was so <laughs> awesome. You guys crush your sound bites here. So if you're listening to this right now, have you ever been ghosted by a potential customer before? In other words, you've got somebody, you think they're going to purchase, you even take the time to talk with them. They say they're going to move forward, but suddenly, poof, They're gone, ghosted, right? So in that moment, the mistake that many people make, especially in their singular one-to-one follow-up emails, is they'll say, just checking back in or touching base again or checking in on that thing. And that's not the way you want to do it. I want to give you a simple subject line that will lead to an answer 90% of the time the very same day. Okay, the very same day. And it's so bloody simple. And it's this. First thing, you do say the person's name, okay? So you have the person's name, comma, assuming you found whatever the thing was. So let me give an example. Let's say you are a coach and you talked with somebody about your, you know, $10,000 coaching program. And they said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and sign up. And it's going to be uh, three days, but I'm going to sign up. And a week's passed. They haven't signed up. You emailed them, you reached back out and they ha- you haven't heard anything. When you send out that email, you want to say, let's say the person's name is Kennedy. It should be Kennedy, assuming you're not moving forward with the coaching program or Kennedy, assuming you found another coach (laughs) to meet your needs. One of the two is fine. Now, there's a reason why this works, though. Here's the reason why you're going to give them, you're going to get a response when you didn't before because you've now given them the permission to say, yes, I found somebody else or yes, I am going with somebody else or yes, whatever that thing is. Or they might even say, actually, I just decided not to move forward at this time. Now, what's interesting about this too is 
a large percentage of the time, what you're going to hear back is an apology. <laughs> I am so sorry. I've been so inundated. No, I'm still interested. And whatever the thing is, right? So this, and I, like just last week, I taught an entire group of salespeople, this one principle. I said, how many people have at least one prospect that is ghosting you right now? And it's like, everyone's like, I got at least one. And the amount of emails I got back after the training, they were like, oh my goodness, Marcus, everybody's responding to that, assuming you found email. Yes, yes, they do. It's amazing. It's called psychology and it works. So use it, you'll get those responses and you'll stop wondering if they're interested or not because that sucks. I love it. That's this week's subject line of the week, subject line of the week. Marcus, man, this has been awesome. Now, for listeners who want to come and find out more about you, maybe grab the book or whatever. Tell us, where do we go? Well, yeah, make sure you get They Ask, You Answer. It's 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 a, I'm not just saying this, it's an amazing book. I've got a new one also that's coming out, new book coming out this month. It's called The Visual Sale. It's now available on Amazon. And that's if you want to be serious about video and developing a culture of video within your company, and you want to crush it with video, right? And virtual and virtual selling. You're going to love that book. Okay, it's called The Visual Sale. But you can find me at my email, and I'm going to give you my personal email in case you have a question that I didn't answer today. Most people don't do this because it's not very scalable. I do it because I try to do unscalable things. And so my personal email is marcus at marcussheridan.com. Marcus at marcussheridan.com. The best social media to connect with me at, though, by far, is LinkedIn, because Facebook is a place for grumpy people to talk politics. And I believe in positivity and bringing light to the world. So you will find me on LinkedIn, bringing light to the world, certainly to your business, because I bring it on LinkedIn at least four or five times a week. I love it. I love it. But if you do like to hang around with really grumpy people talking politics <laughs> and escape the world of politics, then do come That's join great. us in our free Facebook group. That's why you should be in a group, not on your regular stream, because the groups are so much stinking better than the regular streams. There you go. Take it from Marcus. He's a man. He's got a very good book. So listen to him. We're over <laughs> at the Email Marketing Show community, the Email Marketing Show community over on Facebook, or hurl open your local browser, like Chrome, or something like that and type in robandkennedy.group and that will forward you over there Marcus Sheridan thanks so much for being on the email marketing show my pleasure Flipping loving that subject line and my brain's whirring around I can see Rob's like typing it somewhere show.